This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, June 3rd, 2013. I'm Caleb Brown. The Supreme Court has ruled that being arrested for serious crimes means your DNA may be constitutionally taken and placed into a government database to be checked for crimes past and crimes future. Jim Harper, Director of Information Policy Studies at the Cato Institute, offers his thoughts. Maryland versus King seems to be the case where Justice Kennedy is going to carve out his place as the Supreme Court justice who didn't get identity issues. His, his starter was the Heibel decision in uh, 2004. He ratified the laws in some states that require people to show ID to law enforcement officers on demand, no questions asked. And in that case, uh, 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 Deputy Dove was investigating a battery found Larry Heibel on the side of the road, standing outside his truck talking to his daughter, and immediately demanded ID. Heibel refused and ultimately was arrested, his daughter thrown on the ground. ID had no relationship whatsoever to the battery that that Dove was investigating. He had heard that, it, that a man had hit a woman, and knowing who was standing by the road would do nothing to further that investigation. Justice Kennedy ratified the collection of Heibel's ID by saying that gathering ID can tell you whether somebody has a violent background, mental illness, history of prior convictions, and so on and so forth. But this isn't true because he would have had to stop the investigation of the battery and investigate Larry Heibel to find out all these things. So it was a strange ratification of the ID demand. Really, Justice Kennedy, we now get to understand, is someone who thinks there's just sort of a zone of behaviors that law enforcement can uh, can engage in when when they're doing their work. And apparently, collecting DNA is also within this ambiguous zone of behavior because Maryland law uh, requires arrestees for certain high-level offenses to, be, to have their cheeks swabbed and a DNA collection uh, a sample taken from them. Uh, the defendant in this case, King, uh, had been arrested for brandishing a weapon and uh, was, was uh, subsequently convicted. But in the meantime, when he was, when he was booked, his DNA was collected. The DNA was used some weeks later uh, in a review against cold case files and turned up the fact that he had committed a, a violent rape in the past. So he was convicted ultimately for that as well. He challenged the use of this DNA evidence to turn up his connection to the prior rape. And this, Justice Kennedy ratified as not being a violation of the Fourth Amendment, the use of the DNA collected for one arrest to investigate another a crime that was unknown to, to have any connection to this defendant uh, in, the, in the course of that, uh, uh, the arrest for the, the later offense. Now, if I understand the, the difference here between what Justice Kennedy is talking about and what uh, Justice Scalia and others have complained about in this case and others is that uh, in one case, you have police investigating a crime. And in the other case, you have police effectively just investigating a person for crimes. That's a good way to put it. It seems like collection of DNA is relevant to, to the, the brandishing offense. And there's a, a plausible, though not, not real current, argument that DNA would be useful if somebody were to flee from, from prosecution, say they're set out on bail, put out on bail. Uh, and they flee. DNA is would be one way that you would identify them later. But certainly, photographs and fingerprints are much more useful at finding people who are at large in the society. So there's a plausible argument, but not a real one today, that DNA is a way of administering 
the, the, the holding of suspects or the treatment of, of, of criminals. But really what's happening, and this is part of the Maryland law, it's, it's consistent with statements of Maryland lawmakers when they passed the law and when this case was coming to trial, that the purpose of DNA collection is to investigate people for crimes unrelated to their arrests. And that's what happened here is the DNA was collected and used to investigate um, uh, King for, for crimes that they had no way of knowing he was involved in. I have a little bit of trouble with, with part of this uh, just because uh, through a personal experience uh, that I've been through, someone who was uh, unknown to police to have committed a violent crime, they collected DNA from the crime scene. And so they had DNA that they say, we strongly believe that whoever's attached to this DNA it has committed this horrible crime. Years later, 15 years later, uh, we come to find out that this person who is serving prison time on another uh, conviction, his DNA matches. He has matched to several crime scenes uh, of similar crimes, and now he's been uh, put away for more years than he otherwise would be. That's a very difficult thing to, to overcome uh, in terms of the popular mind uh, when you're talking about investigating crimes. Well, justice sounds like it was served in that case. And I think an important distinction to understand there is you're talking about somebody who's been convicted of crime. Uh, and and all the parties conceded in this case, and I think it's probably right, that somebody who has been convicted of a violent crime uh, loses, that, loses that privacy protection, loses, loses those protections of the Fourth Amendment, and collection of their DNA in comparison to other cold cases would be fine. But in our society where we treat people as innocent until proven guilty, commencing an investigation of the person and anything they might have done wrong in the past unrelated to the crime about which there is probable cause, that's what's problematic. And it was interesting that Scalia, a nominally conservative justice, was joined by the more liberal justices, four of them total, to in dissent on this case. And basically the point was that the DNA collection and the use of the DNA to investigate other crimes uh, failed the particularity requirement of the warrant uh, in the Fourth Amendment. So I think DNA certainly has its uses in, in, uh, in doing justice. Uh, and a person's DNA can and should be collected after arrest. Once, once we know that they are a criminal and ha that has been proven in a criminal court, uh, then their protections, uh, th those protections of the Fourth Amendment fall away. But the innocent who are, who are again, innocent until proven guilty, uh, their DNA shouldn't be collected in order to investigate them for whatever crimes they might have done. Jim Harper is Director of Information Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.